Okay, so we are here to talk about the Avengers Infinity War movie. Probably a movie nobody listening to this has heard of. Only yeah. been playing it like art house theaters. It's had a very limited run. Yeah. I heard it toured the film festival circuit first. Hoping to get picked up by somebody. Um, of course, we're going to be talking about the Avengers, the Infinity War the culmination of basically all the work that Marvel Studios has been doing in the past 10 years. I, of course, have my co-hosts from the Midnight Drive-In with me, Doug and Noah, who are big uh, comic book movie fans. So, yeah. yeah. I guess let's get into it. Doug was telling me right before Noah hopped back on that it was distressing for him. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get into the specifics of what happens at the end of this movie, but yeah. it took me a while. Like, all those memes going around of people just sitting quietly in the theater or, you know, sitting in their car by themselves after the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it's kind of how I felt. And there was a lot of people that felt that way. I've never seen, like, when a Marvel movie ends, the credits roll, people sit and watch them all. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many people still sitting after the credits are over and the post-credit sequences happened and everyone's still in their seats. And you're, they're just like, but, but, but. <laughs> My girlfriend waited till we were, I don't know, halfway home from the theater and spoke for the first time and she just looked at me and said, I just need to hold out hope that it'll be better in the next movie. And I'm like, well, that's a strange thing to say after seeing a comic book movie. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're gonna be doing we're doing a quick general discussion, and then we'll have a full blown spoiler discussion. Um, so, so the pre spoiler discussion, um, it was fucking awesome. You should go see it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The, one of the problems with this movie is every fucking second of this movie is a spoiler. Every single thing that happens is a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. The only caveat, I'll play devil's advocate for a bit here and say, like, yeah, the movie was awesome. Great. You have to have seen all the other MCU movies, like, and I'm sure most people have. It's not really an issue, but it's not one where you want to jump into the middle of a series and this is your first comic book movie. It's Well, while we're recording our regular episode right before this, Alan sent me a message on Facebook and said, do I have to have seen Black Panther before I see Infinity War? And I was yeah. like, yes. Yes, you do. You have to see everything. Like, it's... And I mean, I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy this movie if you haven't seen everything and aren't familiar with the universe, but you're not going to have the right level of enjoyment or feel the emotional impact of everything that happens without realizing this is, you know, part 19 of a movie series. I, and I would say, with the, with the exception of Captain America, you don't need to see most of the sequels to the individual character movies. You don't need to see Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. You don't need to see <laughs> Thor 2. You don't need to see... You do need to see Thor 3. You do need to see Thor 3. Mm-hmm. I would say Thor 2, because there's an Infinity Stone in that one. Kind of. You, yeah. you don't really need to see... Uh, Burns the Galaxy 2. 
Although you should, because it's awesome. And there are references to it in this movie, even though it's not heavily important plot-wise. But besides that, look, you need to have seen everything. Look, just, just, just go watch everything. Go watch everything. Go watch all, all the movies. There if hasn't skip, been... If you skipped one, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been a bad Marvel movie yet. So there's no reason to not see them all. We keep waiting. Some are better than others. But... Yeah, we keep waiting for like, oh, this train is going to fall apart at some point. Obviously, it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wait, nope, that was super fucking awesome. Well, it'll be Doctor yeah. Strange. Hey, it wasn't the best one, but it was still pretty fucking awesome. I was, I was going to say, I think the only one that I have a lower opinion of is Thor 2 for some reason. And that's only because I've rewatched all these movies at least once. Because you know you got to watch it again to make sure that you're just so excited that you didn't notice it was bad. Yeah. And man, Thor two sucks. That it's garbage. That's a bad movie. I feel like they didn't know what tone they needed to go for in that movie. But there is stuff I enjoy in it. I remember it being like the humor working for me in that, even if the plot was a little bit. Yeah, it didn't necessarily fit, but but we're not here to talk about that. It's Infinity War. Uh, so you guys ready to jump into some spoiler talk? Yeah, rest of the show is spoilers. Do if you have not seen this movie, do not proceed. Which, according to the box office receipts, uh, it seems like everybody has seen it at least three times. So yeah, yeah, you've I mean, you've seen this. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. I think I need to go see it two more times just. To- process <laughs> i don't oh, yeah. disagree i was technically supposed to go see it again today because my sister was going to be in town with my nephews and i was like oh sweet you guys are gonna be in town i'll take the nephews to go see uh infinity war and then they had to cancel so they didn't come to town i should have just went anyway yeah i debated seeing it again this afternoon i had a little bit of free time and i'm like do i have enough free time to go see this movie <laughs> Surprisingly, only two and a half hours. For a movie this big, I figured we were looking at at least a three-hour movie. Yeah, well, I think, and this is part of what Marvel is doing well, is that they are building off of stuff that happened in the other movies, which I I said previously, like, you have to have seen those movies. But because they are expecting people to have seen those movies, you jump right into stuff in this movie, and you really do, like, literally, there are... The opening scenes are direct follow-up to the last Thor movie. You know, when we get to Wakanda, there's no introduction to that world. You're expected to have seen Black Panther. And so they're able to move along really quickly. And Mm. the movie is almost all action because they don't have to stop and explain very much to you because you're just expected to know and you're expected to have... Like, anything that you don't know, It's you're supposed to not know the, the real example for that is Captain America shows back up with his beard and everything and he's got his, his little crew with him and it's like you're expected to know that they disappeared at the end of Civil War and that nobody knows where they've been this whole time mm-hmm. so it's okay that you don't know you're, but you're supposed to know that nobody else knows either yeah well who wants to start gushing after you Doug. okay so I think the the best thing about this movie, without getting into the specific scenes yet, because we will, the best thing about this movie is, A, despite the fact that it's like the most talked about movie in a long time, mm. it's still completely bucked expectations. Like, I did not 
I did not see the beginning of the movie. So when Loki's killed like four minutes into the movie or whatever it was, yeah, I had no idea that was coming. Um, the knockdown drag out fight between Thanos and Hulk. I didn't envision that happening so early in the movie. I had thought yeah. that at some point it would. Yeah, that's um, something they'll save. Yeah. But then it turned out to not mean, not mean anything to Thanos. So yeah. And, and, a great way to introduce that character mm-hmm. but by jumping right into the action like that and having action scene after action scene after action scene what's fantastic about this movie is that it still all felt like it had stakes and it felt like everything mattered and that's hard to do when you don't have normally you go back to like the captain america movies the the, the especially the last two there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of character development in between the action sequences and that's on purpose that's to make the action sequences seem more intense this movie is able to keep up that intensity without ever having those breaks i mean is there, i don't think there's ever like more than a few minutes of screen time that happens before people are fighting in this movie yeah yeah i think the opening scene definitely sets that up like you said loki gets killed four minutes in and i think that's like yeah it's hey, like, like, hey everybody know your favorite villain from all the marvel movies yeah he's fucking dead this, that's how badass this guy is so and then, yeah and then the the like the introduction of Thanos there where that big fight with Hulk happens and you see him beating down Hulk and you're just like, like holy shit again like we've seen Hulk we know that Hulk like Bruce Banner tried to kill himself once and was unable to we know that Hulk can beat anything that he takes on these giant like Chitari demon things whatever those things that were flying through the sky in the first yeah. Avengers were. we know all that so to see him lose a fist fight is fascinating it's just like and not just lose but get beat down like it's you know did you guys think it felt a little bit like the uh wharf getting punched moment the what like in in star trek the the next generation about they try to set wharf up as the most badass character only for the purpose of at the beginning of episodes when there's a new bad guy he knocks out Warp so everybody can go oh he's such a badass he knocks out Warp yeah I, I I agree it's the same kind of thing it's an old wrestling move too where you have the giant guy that everyone thinks could never be beaten but then everybody beats him um, the difference is nothing's beat Hulk before yeah. right yeah like like Hulk's been to multiple planets he's faced these giant armies nothing's ever beaten him and so it it actually is that moment it is it, if you put it in wrestling terms that is hulk hogan body slamming andre the giant it is the guy that can't be beaten finally getting knocked down and it happens two minutes into the movie like no build up yeah. no no, yeah. no 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 wasting our time with dialogue or character development no here's your bad guy here's how fucking badass he is and we're gonna get to know him a little better later and understand his motivations and stuff but that opening scene is just like it's just a, a big fuck you to the audio. Like, here, you guys think you know what to expect? Did you think you'd see any of this coming? No, I bet you didn't. And yeah. the fact that it's so handedly, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it carries throughout the rest of the film where the Hulk is actually scared to make an appearance. I love that. Every time yeah. Banner, like when there's the moments where he actually like yells no when Banner tries to bring him out, I thought that's yeah. great. That was. <laughs> and again, that's like a, a character that doesn't need a lot of development for us to love him we would just hulk smash is good enough and they chose to do something different with him and again buck expectations 
I mean, the normal thing to do in a movie would have been to have that fight at the beginning, and then later Hulk has to fight him again, and Hulk is able to beat him. But no, not gonna, they're not going to go that way. In the, in the trailers, in the Wakanda fight, mm. you see Hulk running across the battlefield fighting. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that is a, uh, a rewrite of some kind where they changed their mind about something, or if that was just Marvel being like, ha ha ha, trick Hard to know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it was just like, well, we need to show the Hulk fighting in Wakanda so that people aren't like, where's Hulk? So they guess the plot point like right away. Yeah, well, especially considering how much people noticed in those trailers. I mean, how much Hawkeye talk has there been on the internet for the last month because he's not in the trailer? Yeah. And imagine if that was Hulk instead. Which uh, some of the people I went and saw it with were kind of bummed that we didn't get Hawkeye and Ant-Man in this movie. Well, they both took a special deal with the government and agreed not to fight after the Wakanda Accords were, or uh, Sokovia, Sokovia Accords were signed. I'd, I'd like to know what the plan is for Clint and all that, because that there has to be some idea for that. But, I, I mean, Ant-Man, it makes sense because he's the next movie, and they had to find a way to take him off the table. Yeah, I'm curious when the Ant-Man and Wasp is technically going to take place, though. I'm wondering if it's going to be pre-Infinity War or if it'll be after. Yeah, uh, I haven't made on. an official announcement about that yet, I don't think. And yeah. I don't know, it's kind of a neat idea to have it set in a post-Infinity War world. Um, yeah, which I'd be down with. Yeah, I'm just cause... curious. Because well, uh, somebody was complaining because they were really bummed because... Uh, Hawkeye wasn't in this movie, which is the first I've heard of someone being bummed that Hawkeye wasn't in, a, in the movie. It's a little um, weird, but they, they pointed out that um, they were kind of disappointed because okay, he's not in this movie, and apparently Marvel blocked him from returning as his character in the next Mission Impossible movie because he was supposed to be in the Avengers movie. So it makes me wonder if he's going to be in the next one because I know they filmed. I, like pretty much back to back. I assume the reason that both Clint and Scott got name dropped in this movie was to subtly let the audience know like there are more heroes around. Like, yeah, don't worry, there are there are more people to bring in next time because it's not like they couldn't have fit them in. They did such a good job of editing like literally hundreds yeah. of characters into this movie. I'm sure they could have fit Ant Man in and have give him a one liner and let him fight in one of the battles. It wouldn't have been that hard. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the way because they break up the heroes into different, like three different groups. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. Um, well, it actually makes because they, they 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 bucked again. They didn't. It wasn't the Guardians of the Galaxy go do this mission and somebody else goes and does this. They mixed and matched. Yeah, which did anybody think that they would want to see a Rocket Raccoon and Thor team up movie? Yeah, right. Because I totally do now. Yeah, they are pretty funny. He keeps calling him rabbit. I just I laughed every time, and I'm like, it's it's not even a good joke, but it's Hemsworth has an ability to deliver that in such a like a he genuinely believes he's a rabbit, and nobody's bothered to correct him because there's an Infinity War going on, so he just keeps calling him that. Uh, um, what about you, Noah? Any, so, any of your favorite moments you want to talk about? I mean, besides all, because I know that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I don't. I, I liked all of the interactions between Doctor Strange and uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Those were good. Just because of the idea that 
Like, they're both kind of egomaniacs. Mm-hmm. But Doctor Strange is kind of an egomaniac with a purpose, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his superpower isn't that he's rich like Tony's is. Yeah. Anybody else? Were you not waiting for the joke about the beards and it never came? <laughs> like, who's going to point out that they have the same weird looking beard? <laughs> right. Nice. But besides that, I don't. It, like I said, every every single moment was pretty awesome. I I'll admit that while I was reluctant to see the fucking new Spider-Man suit because mm-hmm. I really appreciated the fact that they actually made the right Spider-Man suit with yeah. the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't awful. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hate the Iron Spider suit. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it fit the storyline. Like yeah, I would. I wouldn't want that to be his everyday suit. It'd be hard to explain why Spider-Man was just traveling through outer space in his normal suit, though. Yeah. You'd have to... You need something to happen there. And it makes... The Iron Spider is the way to go, I think. It makes total logical sense. And plus, they can sell two different toys. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know that this movie was <laughs> designed for children. I don't know who you're selling those toys to. Yeah, I guess let's just talk about Thanos. Like, we've been waiting, like we said, for almost ten years now. Technically six from the end of Avengers, but um, yeah, he just shows up like a badass, which I am totally all for. Well, it's like, start, like he's we destroyed said, worlds, and it's just one line of dialogue. Yeah, I went to that place and killed half the population and took their stone, and now I'm here. Like yeah. it, and places that we know were capable of defending themselves from previous movies. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a reason for that. Uh, so, fan conspiracy theory. I think they're bringing in Nova in one of the next couple of movies, mm-hmm. and in order to juice him up to Nova Prime to actually make him powerful enough to compete with everybody, they're gonna flash back somehow to send a car getting destroyed and all the Novas dying off. Mm-hmm. Which would make it, you know, they wouldn't want to show that twice in movies. For yeah. yeah, well, I think, yeah. It, it, there's no reason why they couldn't go back in future movies and show us more Thanos destruction if it's convenient plot wise. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we do get the big flashback of him killing off Gamora's family. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Dude, that that scene where they literally are dividing him into like they're walking down the street saying everybody pick a side pick a side and as the audience we know why they're picking sides but the characters don't it's like that's pretty fucked up and then when they just i didn't expect them to show half the population being gunned down like that mm-hmm. when they do it and thanos is there like distracting little girl gamora from it i'm just like yeah. that is just that is some dark shit for a comic book movie. Yeah, he's trying like, to have like this tender moment with her, and then the background you see them just assassinating like everybody. Yeah, and it's just and like it is gangland style, like just you people with no weapons line up here, you people with weapons line up here, and shoot the people with no weapons. It is it is so harsh, and he's like just shielding her eyes so, from it so she can't see it. He, it's like it gives you an idea about his character where he's so fucked up that he thinks he's doing her a favor right now like don't worry you don't want to look at that I'll, I'll take you home and raise you as my own that way you'll grow up happy everything will be fine right 
Uh, we do get Thanos' uh, ultimate motivation in this movie. Yep. Which, uh, I wasn't 100% sure how they are going to play it off because in the comics, and Noah may have to correct me because it's been forever since I read the Infinity Gauntlet. He's literally in love with death. Yeah, and he just does it to impress her. Whereas th- in the movie, they actually give him somewhat of a reason. And it's one of those reasons that I think makes him a good villain because he feels like he's doing the right thing even if nobody believes him. Yeah. Well, because when he gives his little speech about why he's doing it, you're like, yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, Then the logical conclusion is we kill half of the universe's population. (laughs) All right. I don't know if I fully support your plan anymore now that you've given (laughs) me the full details. Yeah. Yeah, he gives his... uh, sort of backstory from his home world of Titan and they show a little flashback of that it was like this prospering world and stuff but they knew there was not going to be enough resources to sustain their uh, population and he broached the idea of that they just do a, a random lottery so rich, poor, whatever, it would be fair and they would just kill half the population and they turned them down and Titan fell into ruins, so he's like, I'm just going to do this on a grander scale and do it for the entire universe. Yeah, I'm going to save the universe by killing a part of it. <laughs> it's the thing is, it's I mean, it's it's a similar plot line to Kingsman, right? It's yeah, um, not it's not a completely new idea, but when you say it, you're like, oh yeah, that follows, that follows, that follows, and then you're like, okay, but I'm going to kill half. The, people that doesn't how is that a win like you know what I mean? <laughs> at the end of the day you're like that's it that doesn't seem like it's a fair solution at all, even though everything you said is logically correct well plus if you if you kill half the people the, the other half are gonna have children and repopulate oh yeah it's just a matter of time till you have to do this again mm-hmm. yeah and I think there was something about the coldness with which he approached it, too, because he just said half. Every planet, half. And I'm like, he's not doing the math here and saying, okay, we could kill only 12% of the people on this planet and have the same impact. He's just a uh, half. That's it's just, who gives a shit? Half. It's just half for everybody. And there, there was something odd about that. That was just, it was, yeah, I guess cold is the best word I can come up with. Uh, he's, you know, at some point you go, well, are you sure this is going to work? Because that's an awfully big price to pay, and you're... Then what? You know? Um, yeah, so we get to see Thanos just mow people down in a search for the Infinity Stones. Um, we get to, uh, to revisit the Collector. Sort of. Which, did anybody notice the Arrested Development uh, Easter, egg? <clears throat> Easter egg in the background? I didn't notice it in theaters, but I read up on it after. Yeah, so did I. Did so. you notice it, Noah? Uh, I'm not a big Arrested Development person, so I didn't. Oh, you're a fucking moron. One of the characters from Arrested Development was in the collector's collection. <laughs> just inside like one of the cases, there's just a dude, and it's David Cross. Yeah, David Cross dressed up as uh, the Blue Man from the Blue Man group. <laughs> Which, yeah, when the credits were rolling, of course, I was paying attention towards the end, and it said uh, characters from Rust Development used with permission from Fox or whatever. 
funny. I was like, what the fuck was that? And I had to go home oh, really? and look it up. And I'm like, oh, that's what it was. So it was pretty Yeah, funny. I was going to say, if there were a lot of Easter eggs in this one, I think I missed them. I was so like, because <laughs> the, well, it, it's so nonstop. Yeah, the action is so heavy in this movie um, that it, there's probably a bunch of shit I missed. I'm sure there is. And yeah, I've watched, the, I've watched some of the uh, Easter egg videos on YouTube, but there was nothing that like super blew my mind. A lot well, of it was a lot like, of them, yeah, what they're calling Easter eggs are just things that happen in the movie. Yeah, just callbacks to other movies, essentially. Um, Noah, I know you had to be excited with the creation of uh, 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 Stormbreaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, Doug, were you aware of what Stormbreaker actually is? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I know, oh. I know that it's a really fancy axe. Yeah. Made by the greatest thing that has ever happened on screen, which is oh a, my God. a giant midget. Are you kidding me? A giant midget? That's the best thing ever. <laughs> I was wondering how they got Peter Dinklage to play that role because he's always been adamant that he will never play a dwarf in any type of fantasy film. Oh, really? Yeah. Very adamant because he doesn't want to like fall into the stereotypes of what a lot of little people actors get stuck in. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but what if well, they approach him and like, yeah, but he's actually a giant, so you're actually bigger than everybody else. And he was like, eh, sold, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a unique character that is not... He's not going to be typecast as that. It's <laughs> not going to be like every movie, there's Peter Dinklage as, as the 12-foot-tall midget. That's not going to happen, so... Uh, yeah, so Thor ends up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, because they go to the distress call of Thor's ship after it gets destroyed. And then, uh, yeah, the team splits up with Rocket Raccoon and Thor and Groot going to... Uh, what the fuck was that place called? Do you guys remember? Uh, I can't say it right. No, no. So, so I, I just it's know Drax called they... it a made-up word. Yeah, it's the, it's the place that they where they make all of the weapons that Thor can use, yeah. those godlike weapons. They forge them using the strength of a star. And, uh, yeah, Thanos had already been there to have them make his gauntlet for them, for him, and just basically destroyed everybody. And encased uh, Peter Dinklage's hands in, in metal. So that he couldn't make new weapons. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking sick when you think of it. Yeah. Like, it's almost worse than killing him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Thor asked to have uh, Stormbreaker created which is the weapon that beta ray bill was given by odin back in the day and there was a beta ray bill easter egg in thor ragnarok he was one of the faces on the building of the former champions or whatever okay the fact that we haven't got a beta ray i'll I'll say it a thousand times the fact that there is no beta ray bill movie yet is a fucking stand against everything yeah so it's one of the best comic books ever written. Say, so, do you want to explain who Beta Ray Bill is for people that don't know? Uh, in the comic books, Beta Ray Bill is the first person to lift uh, Thor's hammer besides Thor. And in the comic books, it's this brilliant setup where he kind of comes to Earth and he looks like he's this crazy, like, gaunt, 
hulking, horse-faced guy who looks he, like he looks like a supervillain, which is part of the entire point of the story where Thor basically attacks him because he assumes he's evil. And uh, Batery Bill actually manages to basically whoop Thor's ass and take his hammer from him, uh, thus gaining the powers of Thor and then whooping his ass even worse. And then basically the whole story is after Thor realizes that Beta Ray Bill's worthy and that he's actually the protector of a giant ship in which his entire uh, alien species is like in suspended animation looking for a new planet, uh, decides he's going to give the hammer to Beta Ray Bill because he needs it and he's worthy of it. And Odin basically flips out. He's like, nope, no, 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 no. We'll just, we'll just make him a new hammer. <laughs> Yeah. So the uh so essentially Thor is making Beta Ray Bill's hammer to replace okay. the, uh Mjolnir who was destroyed in the last uh the last and it's also important because it can also operate uh the, with the powers of the Bifrost because our friendly gatekeeper Heimdall gets killed at the very beginning of the movie pretty ruthlessly by Thanos. Or Just by, unceremoniously, uh, too. Black but... Order. Yeah. Thanos is uh, Black Order, who are fucking it, terrifying in this movie. We haven't even talked about them yet. They're a whole separate thing we've got, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just cool to see, like, this sort of well-known within the mythology uh, of Thor and stuff, like this other mystical weapon that he's able to... I did love the idea that uh, uh, Peter Dinklage's character couldn't find the handle, and so Groot uh, this is the most brilliant thing ever. Yeah, Groot basically grows out his arm and grabs it, and then breaks his own arm off. Which I thought was yeah. fantastic. I'm like, that's so magnificent that the oh, handle was, is Groot's arm. It was a fun little moment for Groot. It looked awesome, and it made the weapon look cool. Mm-hmm. And it, and it gave Groot something to do because he is teenage Groot. He's kind of comic relief in this movie. It gave him something to do. Yeah. But I, I liked that whole thing with Thor going off because he goes off on his own little adventure with Rocket, and they have their own experience where there's like a whole separate storyline going on with just those guys. And the whole thing is he's going to come back and save the day at the end. And when he comes back, the way everything plays out, I thought it was just just perfect it was just them going like getting the audience's hopes up and then just fuck you like <laughs> which is i mean i'm sure that's what not the words they would use but it's yeah. it so, amazing it's again bucking expectations yeah. so speaking of which did you guys protect the ending or no i always in my head said the the only way this movie can end from my perspective as a comic book fan uh, knowing the Infinity Gauntlet story and just enjoying these movies, the only way this movie can end is for Thanos to win. And I know going into the next movie that they can, with the Gauntlet, they can easily reverse a lot of the decisions that have been made. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was perfect. I was so happy with how this movie ended. I was very, very worried uh, when they changed the name of the next Avengers movie from part two mm-hmm. to, to Untitled, I was like, oh no, they're going to bitch out. 
but I pretty much went into it with, with one assumption. If Thanos had all the Infinity Stones halfway through the movie, and that was the big turn in the movie, then they would win at the end. Yeah. But if he didn't, he has to get them all at one point. Otherwise, it's stupid to tell the story. Yeah. But, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, I have never read the Infinity Gauntlet story. <laughs> It, this I, is very, I, very loosely based on it. Yeah, there's elements. I, so I'm, I'm just saying it's not a foregone conclusion that that's how they would have ended the movie. But so I just assumed that I assumed that the entire Marvel team would eventually have to work together and would defeat Thanos. Yeah. I envisioned Thor getting that axe, being maybe they'd have to just chop off his arm because they couldn't get the glove off. Mm-hmm. I envisioned. You know, a portal opening up and all the guys that were in space rejoining the battle in Wakanda or vice versa, like your main your main group of heroes jumping through the portal and ending up on Titan. I did not fucking imagine. when he snapped his fingers. Yeah. I was like <gasps> like full on like and I'm like looking around the theater. Did everybody else fucking see that and hear that little noise? And yeah, they all did too. Um so again being not a huge comic fan and not somebody who reads a lot, it's caught me completely off guard. And that next several minutes of just sitting around waiting to see who, who would go and who would stay. And even at yeah. that point, I was completely unable to predict it. So I was just, I was devastated with each character. <laughs> yeah, um, there, were, there were a few that weren't surprising and then a few that were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, the snap of the fingers is from the comic, which I think they did yeah. fantastically in this movie. Um, Amanda, was, when we left, Amanda's like, I didn't think it would, he would literally do it by snapping his fingers. And I was well, like, they, no, yeah, that's the Infinity Go. They you said it. I mean, <sighs> no. But I mean, I, it was looking around the theater when it happened. I took my eyes off the screen for a minute and just looked around. It, and you could tell most people did not see that coming. Most people just did not know. And also, it took a lot of people time to understand it. To go, okay, he snapped his fingers. So, oh, they said things about him snapping his fingers earlier in the movie. Oh, what? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, not, not that guy. No, not that guy. No, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's This would have been a fun thing to have like cameras on people's faces to watch their reactions as it happened. And I'm sure like mm-hmm. I, different people reacted to different deaths uh, on different levels. For me, it was Spider-Man. Yeah. And, like, and that's partially it is just my love for Spider-Man. I've been a Spider-Man fan my whole life. I grew up with that character. Oh. And, and the fact that they give him the sad death that you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's also, he is, he's a kid, right? Like, I mean, was he supposed to be in this movie 15, 16? And then he, he when he turns, the, the performance from Tom Holland is amazing. He turns and he's like, Mr. Stark, like, what's happening? Like, you you can feel that, like, that that confident kid that is just, all of a sudden shit got real. And he's scared and he turns to his father figure and is like, help. And there's nothing fucking Tony can do. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it, I, I nearly teared up. I'm like, I can't believe I'm about to cry in a fucking comic book movie. <laughs> like, it is so powerful. And it, the thing is, he doesn't get that much screen time in this and he's only one movie deep. 
but it's executed so well that you just you feel like your old friend is dying it's like like if your neighbor's kid like was crawling towards you asking for help and there's nothing you could do to save him it's like holy shit the impact was amazing on me i feel like you're living through tony in that scene yeah tony's so invested in protecting him and everything and you know specifically told him to go home and even told his ai to you know make sure he got home and everything and then of course he dies by something that tony cannot prevent so i'm super interested to see how they're gonna play that up with that weighing on him in the next movie uh before it obviously gets reversed but yeah i think that's gonna be it's gonna be awesome character thing for tony stark in the next movie well, and, and again, like, getting back to that bucking expectations comment, like, we've been told that Spider-Man is going to be a very important character in the next phase. Mm. So I just assumed he was going to be... I thought Avengers 4 was going to be where he took over. Like we, To be honest, like, I thought we'd lose either Iron Man or Captain America or both in this movie, and Avengers 4 would be Spider-Man stepping up into that major role and having to lead this team to go do whatever the hell they're going to do. And I was just all taken away. Like, it's just, no, everything you thought was wrong. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting trying to predict who was going to eat it and then being so wrong. I think the only two I got right were like, Vision was going to have to die. Yeah. And Doctor Strange was going to have to die. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's too powerful, so you, like you can't just leave those cards on the table. Yeah, and plus with Doctor Strange's uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, where the the eye cannot be handed over without it being freely given or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he was going to have to end up dying, although he did it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the good news is for all of our talk about how depressing all this is, because of mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, we know. This was actually a happy ending, right? Because Doctor Strange looked into the future, saw fourteen million six hundred and whatever oh, possibilities, oh, yeah. and said, "Only one of them do we win." And then he voluntarily handed over the Infinity Stone. Yeah, they pretty. Yeah. It's pretty hand-fisted too, because there's also the line of, "If I have to choose between saving everyone and saving you, I'm going to let you die." And then he saves him, which yeah. means. He was saving everybody. He wasn't saving Tony. Yeah. 100% agree. Now, I do think that, like, we are saying this. It's pretty ham-fisted. It's pretty obvious. I don't think most people picked up on that. No. Like, I even forgot about him. I even forgot about him looking into the future until you just said it. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of people listening to this think it's obvious, but imagine if you're, like, a casual film goer who's just been like, you know, like, oh, these movies have been really good, and there's, you know, you go to the theater and see them all once, and that's it. And then this happens. You don't pick up on all these little things. They're all there. And people will be talking about it on the internet for months now, but it's... I I think it was executed so well that the average film viewer is just going to be holy shit, all these people are dead, and what are we going to do? Yeah, there was Some people people I've talked to... Oh, some people I've talked to didn't even know that the next Avengers movie was next summer. Yeah. Okay. So, so they were really like flabbergasted. They were just like, they fucking killed off Spider Man and the Guardian, like half, like most of the Guardians, and just like all, like, all the Guardians, right? Except for Rock. Uh, no, Rocket goes too. 
No, I don't think a rocket goes. I, I think remember. it does, because I think you see uh, Groot dying, and he's all upset about it, and then I think you see Rocket die, right? Uh, I don't think Rocket does. But honestly, I'll, I'll have to... Yeah, so many people went that I don't remember. But, I, think, I mean, p- people were just flummoxed, because they're like, but like we're supposed to get another Spider-Man movie, and then another Guardians movie or something. Like They just thought, yeah. like, oh, they're just like killing everybody off. And, you know, I had to be like, well, there's a... The next movie is next summer. They're gonna like fix yeah. all this before before everybody else's movies start up again. Well, I like yeah. the fact too that they set up. They did set up a good expectation where so so far we've only had two main characters die before this movie, mm-hmm. and that was Yondu and Quicksilver. Uh, yeah, and and the fact that they never came back. You know what I mean? So they did do the good. The knife is real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that I think they earned that. No, I think the question that remains open is how far back are they going to turn time? Because prior to the big deaths at the end, we did see several characters die, and several major characters. Like, are those guys really dead? Like, is Loki coming back? Well, with the Infinity Gauntlet, I don't 100 percent know if they need to even turn back time necessarily. The Soulstone I mean, can bring people back from the dead. Yeah, Soulstone should be able to bring people back from the dead. Half the world's population, uh-huh. though. I mean, I'm I'm assuming they're going to shuffle the deck, so it's going to be about changing something that's going to be like a cascade effect. Okay, and that it's not all going to be exactly the same whenever it's done. If that makes sense. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes because, to my mind, the the right way to do it would be to roll back the final moment, have him not snap his fingers. But then that means like Gamora's dead, it means Loki's gone. You know, there, th- there's a number of notable deaths that happened prior to this. Well, I'm interested to see because the. The conceit is someone is going to have to gain control of the entire gauntlet and then reverse everything somehow. Which Um, in the comic books would be Warlock, who Warlock hasn't even been fucking introduced. Yeah. James Gunn said he's not, he's definitely not showing up in in either one of the Avengers movies. Warlock isn't? No. What in the sweet fuck are they doing? Apparently he'll show up in the next Guardians movie, but he's not going to be a factor in this so that's that's kind of upsetting <laughs> i don't know well again though they're they're doing a really good job with these movies of just making sure that they are true to the comics without retelling the stories exactly so that people don't know what's coming mm-hmm. and uh, at this point like you just got to hope that they keep that up and that the next movie is good even if it's not exactly following a particular comic storyline yeah um because like gamora yeah we haven't talked even talked about that yet uh gamora of course knows where the soul stone is and she finally agrees to take thanos there so he doesn't kill nebula and then we get there and we see a big return from somebody we haven't seen since the first captain america movie which is the red skull I'll tell you what, out of all the things that happened in the movie, that was the one I wasn't ready for. I was like, oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) 
I was the same way. I was like completely caught off guard by him being there. And I kept like wondering like how many other people in this room even know who that is. Right. Like, because yeah. because literally the day before I went and saw the movie, I had a conversation with somebody and they asked like, when's Red Skull coming back? Because apparently he's still alive. This is like a non-geek who had just read one of those articles, what you should know before you go see Avengers. And I was like, oh, I don't think that guy's coming back. Because <laughs> I'd read that like Hugo Weaving doesn't want to do it and all this. And I'm like, God, they just won't bring that character back. It's fine. He's out there if they ever need him. But So when he shows up in this movie, I'm like, well, it, I just said this wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I don't know shit. Yeah, not played by Hugo Weaving, though. Yeah, I. He looked Which is good. not a big deal. No, yeah, I mean, it, the whole thing was yeah. I mean, it's just CGI enhanced, and apparently one of the guys from The Walking Dead, like one of the newer characters. Okay. Uh, are you up to date on Walking Dead within the last like two seasons? Nope. I am. Yeah. Uh, the the I hate to boil it down just to this one characteristic, but it's the only thing I can think of. Uh, he's the the gay guy. Who, oh yeah. That yeah. they met up with, and then you know, his husband, whatever. I won't spoil that. Um, apparently, he's the one doing the voice. Okay. Because apparently, he's good at impressions. Or he did a good so, job. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we find out that Red Skull has been tasked, I guess, sort of by the Tesseract or just whatever power to guard the Soul Stone, and it's. Uh, uh, an infinity stone that he sort of guards but has no never has no hope of ever attaining yeah so it's basically just torture for him yeah uh and then we find out that you have to sacrifice something you love dearly to gain the soul stone which thanos then uh kills gamora like throws her over the cliff uh which was a heartbreaking scene the fact that they actually like have Thanos like showing emotion over having to make this decision, and then crying the whole time while he's doing it, I thought was fantastic. I love, I, I love the fact that uh, Gamora's reaction to it is kind of everybody else's. It's like he doesn't love her; he just thinks he does. He's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. I thought it was a great moment for Thanos too, because when he throws her over, he gets the stone. And you're like, oh, so she was wrong. He, like, the stone would know better, right? The stone would know if he didn't actually care for her. So he did have a genuine, like, father's love for that person. Did gen- Does genuinely believe in his mission enough that he was willing to throw his daughter off a cliff to her death in order to get the stone or to complete that mission? Mm-hmm. But he's still the bad guy. Like, so we're, we've got this sympathy for him. But we also then were like, but then he threw his daughter off a cliff. So it's like, on the one hand, you completely understand his motivation to accomplish this mission and realize how important he thinks it is. But on the other hand, it makes him an even worse character than we thought he was. Yeah. It's really, it's really well done. The character is, especially in a Marvel movie, you don't expect the villain to be this complex, but he really is. And he's... Especially well, for for him to be able to deliver, since we've been waiting six years for this, yeah, to be able to deliver like this sort of complex uh, character, I think is really cool. The way I tried to explain it to my brother is that this movie is the Thanos movie. It's not 
the Avengers movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it really is. It's his solo movie, and the other guys get to be in it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then, Noah, I'm curious about your interpretation of this. So after he snaps his fingers, we get a shot of him, I don't know, in this otherworldly place, and you see young Gamora there, and she asks him if he got what he wanted and if he thought it was worth it. Um, sort of my interpretation is that that is him inside of the Soul Stone, thus showing that Gamora is sort of, I don't want to say trapped, but she's encased in the Soul Stone, which could be an easy way of bringing her back in the next movie. I don't know if she's exactly encased in the Soul Stone, but I think the Soul Stone allows him to see through the veil, kind of like the way the Black Panther uh, ceremony does, where it lets you kind of talk to the dead. All right. I, l- I like that interpretation. I hadn't really thought about this. Um, mm. But I-, I like Noah's interpretation. That's a pretty fun way to think of it. And honestly, like I like the Gamora character, and I like the actress, and I hope she's dead. I hope My hope is that the characters who died previous to the snap of the finger are dead. That's Because that way everything will still Damn. feel like it has... I kind of hope more than that are dead. <laughs> I just, I just, savage. Well, I just think like we want one of the things I said that's great about this movie is it feels like it has stakes, mm-hmm. and if they just reset the universe and go back to everyone's fine, then I think that would remove the stakes for you know all the movies coming forward. Because once we know that can happen, it's it's such a random thing. What. And I, I know I'm probably, this is like grasping for straws, but my assumption of the way the next movie ends, I think they undo the snapping of the finger so it only brings back the the people who got dusted by the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And uh, Scarlet Witch is going to lose her fucking mind because that's not going to bring Vision back. And I think she's going to break the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, then that. Yeah, I mean, the consequences are still going to be dire. There's still going to be a heavy loss on all sides. Because when you think about it, even leading up to the snap of the finger, like, obviously that was the horrible moment. But at that point, like, we had a bunch of characters who were, like, trapped on Titan. We had Scarlet Witch, who's going to go nuts with all her power, her going crazy is a whole separate problem. That's what I'm saying. And she was powerful enough to shatter an infinity stone. Yeah. So what could she what damage could she do? That's something else. The Hulk is still like in hiding at this point. So God knows what's gonna come from that in the future movies. You've got like I mean, Wakanda is gonna be devastated with the losses they're taking in this war. And, you know, they've just opened themselves up to the outside world and now they're weakened. That's a whole separate problem that we're gonna have to deal with in future movies. Like there's so much going on that could have major impacts in future films if they choose to have it without having to reverse everything and bring your monkeys back and things like that. I was almost wondering if they were going to show that uh, either Bruce Banner or the Hulk would end up being dusted, but it, but like one of them would be left. One of them would be left. That'd that be interesting. Yeah. Although they don't they don't resolve that at all because he's still is he still stuck in the fucking wall yeah. at the end? 
Oh yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, they don't have resolved that at all. But I can't I've, remember if you see him come walking out at the end or not. I think he might come walking out after, because he's in the the Hulkbuster armor at that point. So he could. It wouldn't be far fetched for him to get out from the wall, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Noah's saying we just don't know if he got dusted or not. Yeah, I'm not because they didn't sure. show it. Yeah, I need. Well, like I said, I need to see it again because my brain was so frazzled at that point. Because <laughs> right there, I'll tell you what. Fuck it. So the end of the movie, I kind of lost focus for a second when fucking Black Panther ate it. Yep. Because yeah. out of all of them, I was like, "Oh shit! I can't believe they just fucking killed my <laughs> That's the one that. Yeah. And the thing is, it happens casually, which is what's fascinating about that death. Here's like this guy that just like, you know. A couple of months ago was the biggest superhero movie on the planet, or biggest movie on the planet, and then just uh, he just drifts off into nothingness, just like that. Just very calm, very casual. He's in the middle of a fight, and it just happens. I do believe I had an awkward like British reaction to it. I saw him like dust, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my! Like, oh, what's all this then? What? What's this then? Oh." Jesus. Seriously, uh, I, I'm no joke. I made that noise in the theater, and I'm sure everybody around me was like, what the fuck's wrong with this dude? I'm sure they weren't, because they were probably all reacting to different deaths in similar ways. Oh my god, the the people uh, next to me and behind me, at the end, whenever you have Thanos, you know, sitting on the green hill smiling, and the credits start rolling, flipped out. <laughs> yep. There was a lot of people pulling out their phones in my theater while they were waiting for the post-credit sequence, like Googling what the fuck's coming next. <laughs> you could see them doing it. Like you could hear them mumbling under their breath, like, when's the next When's the next Avengers movie? What, we got to know what happens. <laughs> it's like, I kind of got enjoyment out of that. Because that's kind of like them being us. Like we, That's a proof that we've taken over the world. That's a mainstream audience acting like geeks. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, also, during... During the dusting, you get the last key to the Doctor Strange thing, where you know he says we're in the end game, and then he doesn't seem surprised whenever he starts turning into dust, and he tells Tony it was the only way, and then vanishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that again, that's your proof that this is really a happy ending, despite the fact that it's hard to feel that way about it. I love, I do love the fact that uh, basically Iron Man's ending of this movie is him alone and everyone else he was with is dead. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. Titan, on the, nevertheless. Like, how the hell is he going to get home? Because that's that, that's that flashback to uh, the first Avengers movie where he has the flash where he thinks he sees the future and everybody's dead but him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do we think Iron Man and Captain America both die in the next movie? I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to make a prediction, but it does feel like it's set up perfectly for them to work together one last time. Yeah. Say, so, because that's the thing we didn't we they they did not get to share any scenes in this movie. No, because so they're not feeling, speaking terms. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, even the other ones, they've sort of come together. Yeah. But, like, the big two that need to have that resolution have not had it yet. So my guess is, okay, if they undo the snap, like you guys uh, had mentioned, um, 
then they will sort of have to end up sacrificing themselves in some way, shape, or form to, yeah. to sort of end up defeating Thanos. And that's going to be like the big thing is, okay, yeah, this is, you know, we're horrible with each other right now, but like we've got to do this one thing together and put all that shit aside. So I yeah. think it's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, it's it's a really the only reason I'm not agreeing with your prediction is because I was so wrong about who died in this movie <laughs> that I don't want to pretend I know what the hell's going on. Um, well, sadly, I just I'm thinking of that real world style because I know Chris Evans' contract is up, but he said he's pretty much done after the next yeah. Avengers movie. But see, and I was then Robert Downey Jr.'s is up with the next movie as well. He's been talking about moving on from it, so. Yeah, honestly, what I was thinking was that Captain America would die in this movie, mm. and that next movie would be around in some sort of flashback sequences, while either there's Sam or Bucky put on the mantle. And, you know, like, you're not going to yeah. get a standalone Captain America movie with somebody else under the cowl, but having somebody else put on the cowl for, a, for a, an Avengers movie. I was yeah, I was kind of expecting at the end of the movie to have like a whatever it's called, New Avengers kind of set up where I thought it was gonna be like Spider Man, Rhodey, uh and a couple other people like that with kind of like side kicky esque characters. That's sort of yeah. Like again, gi- giving those people the opportunity to step it up in the next movie, but it seems like they're they're going to get one more Avengers movie out of this original lineup, which is fine by me because these guys are all great. They're all like cast well, and they're all still doing the the job really well. So it doesn't bother me. But it's interesting that they've managed to prolong it one more movie. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! I want it to be next summer already. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Captain Marvel just because I want to see how they tie everything back together. Yeah, I guess we can talk about that. The uh, post credit sequence. Um, so I, I wasn't like, I don't know, I wasn't in love with this post credit sequence. I do like its implications, but I kind of was like, man, I sat through like 15 minutes of credits for this. But Yeah, it was... a there should have been a mid credit sequence as well to keep us from having to sit through that many credits yeah. without, but I understand why they wouldn't necessarily want one. That mid credit sequence tends to kind of be the funny one sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we see, uh, Dick Fury and, uh, what's her face? Um, Hill. yeah, Maria Hill driving. And then, you know, Oh, this weird energy signatures, blah, 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 whatever. And then a SUV just like flips in front of them or whatever, and they get out. It's like, oh, no one's there. But then Maria Hill starts dusting, and then Nick Fury's like, oh shit, and then pulls out some uh, fancy looking old old timey pager. Yeah, the internet tells me it's a modified pager, so it works all the way to outer space. It uh, starts sending a message, and then he dust in the most perfect Samuel L. Jackson way where he's getting ready to say motherfucker but it cuts it off at the end. It's pretty funny. And then uh, we see the pager going off and then we see the Captain Marvel symbol pop up. I had to have a big long fight with somebody over the fact that that was the Captain Marvel symbol. 
<laughs> I'd be like, no, that's Nova, and I'd be like, no, you're wrong. That's funny. Yeah. See, I, I didn't feel like a lot of people in my theater understood what that meant at all. I was like, oh, well, I could get up in the front if you guys want. <laughs> not, not an expert, but I seem to know more than everybody else here. Although yeah. I was, I was thinking the implications are that you know because it seemed like some kind of crazy world-ending thing was going that Samuel Jackson's calling back Captain Marvel, who I'm assuming has been in space, yeah, in the interim. Which yeah. made me stop and think: Why the fuck didn't he call in Captain Marvel when the aliens invaded New York? Uh, I don't know. I've seen some videos talking about this, and it basically the only thing they ever boil down to is he felt that the Avengers could handle situation. Well, yeah, the other argument would be does it take time for somebody from space to come down? And like mm. when the Chitauri attack happened, for example, it happened in a moment. Nobody knew it was coming until it happened, right? Yeah. And that, you know, obviously if the invasion would have been a success, then he would have sent out the message or whatever. Yeah, and that could be the other argument would be that she's a a second line of defense. So you call her in if the Avengers fail, and this is the first time we've ever seen the Avengers fail. In the, in the comic books, well, a pretty long time, she heads up the organization S.W.O.R.D., mm-hmm. which is the interstellar extension of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. that deal with space stuff. But, once again, if, if they have a space fleet then why were they so surprised when aliens attacked? <laughs> well, keep in mind, Nick Fury, I don't think, was that surprised, right? Yeah. He was never the guy that was like in complete shock when aliens came down. He was just like, we gotta get our shit together and do something about it. Yeah, so the Captain Marvel movie is coming up, and apparently it's gonna be set in the 90s? Yes. They have a younger Nick Fury in it as well. So I don't know if they're going to do that creepy de-aging thing on Samuel Jackson or if they're just going to hire somebody who kind of looks like him. I think they're just going to take the eye patch off. I was, yeah, I was going to say the nice thing, they could really just like give him a clean shave and take the eye patch off and they're like, oh, younger Nick Fury. <laughs> it's give, true. Maybe give him hair. I don't know. Mm. Technically, if they're going to make it the 90s, he's got to have those, the big afro big mustache to get over that black suit and walk around with John Travolta all the time. So. <laughs> He'll just be Jules all over again. <laughs> that's, that's my dream. He's dealing with all these other characters. But he's, <laughs> that's what happened with Jules at the end of the movie. He went off. He was going to go. Remember, he was going to wander off on his own and go on adventures. It's true. Um, or be a bum, depending on how you choose to interpret it. <laughs> So any other favorite parts? I feel like we're skipping over a bunch of stuff, but I mean, There's again, so much. again, it's I, what's your favorite part? All is the answer. I was I was a little disappointed that they killed off uh, Thanos's lackey, the weird uh, telekinetic creature guy. Yeah, just yeah. because man, he's a really good fucking bad guy all on his own. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I, I really liked the uh, the interactions between everybody in 
that ship though when Tony Stark is like yelling at Spider-Man for being there and Doctor Strange is just like super confused and even that the joke that's in the trailer where he's like oh I'm Peter it's like I'm Doctor Strange and he's like oh we're using our made up names like, <laughs> I, that joke didn't work for me in the trailer but it did in the context of the movie because <laughs> I just I really I really like Tom Holland, Holland Spider-Man and I like a lot of what was going on there was just him Spider-Maning like being that character and it's all in dialogue it's, there's not, it's not less so than action but I liked you know when he at one point he uh, starts blaming Tony for the fact that he's like well really you programmed the AI in my suit my suit let me come back here so technically it's partly your fault I didn't mean to say that I, I really liked that stuff I thought that humor really worked yeah he was good yeah Thanos' Black Order in general I thought it was kind of cool yeah, I don't know um, any other names, but the the big giant one, mm-hmm. I, I liked when they threw him through the portal and then they closed the portal and his hand was still in the park in New York City and the rest of him was on some mountain somewhere. Yeah, and then he shows up later and he's got a metal hand. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I loved, I really loved all the stuff with Vision and Wanda. Yeah, you know what? Those characters have not gotten a lot of screen time together in any of the movies. But it really works, and it's because those two actors are so good. Um, you know, like Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are both fantastic actors, and they're able to create a relationship with just a couple of minutes of screen time. That makes you really think, like, that, that even though they're these weird superhero magic characters, that they're human beings who care about each other. And so that's, you buy into the emotional drama surrounding the whole vision thing. I, I do love the fact that pretty much it seems like, with the exception of Tony, uh, every single person who took Tony's side in Civil War in this movie has apparently thought, thought better of what they did. Well, do the list. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's true when it comes to like vision and stuff. I think they're, those characters are kind of sneaking off doing their own thing. Yeah, but, but but vision wants to abandon all of it. He wants to walk away. He doesn't want to necessarily go on either side. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Like Rhodes is still pretty much on Tony's side. Well, not really, because he pretty much uh, has the whole line where he tells the general the only reason why they're criminals is because you said that they're criminals. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I guess I guess to a certain extent you're right. I'm just, I just I saw that as this was more of a that was less about the the civil war aspect of it, more of a everything has gone to shit so bad we need all the help we can get. Because there's some lines of dialogue there from Captain America as well, where he says like, "Like we're in a war, we're here to fight. It really doesn't matter." whether you like the fact that we're here. It doesn't matter whether we like the fact that we're here. This battle needs to happen, and we're the only ones capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it was a good line. I'm trying to remember what he said, because he said something along the lines of, uh, we're not asking your something, and we're way beyond asking for permission or something like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and then was he tells him to arrest them, and he's like, "Yes, sir." And then just hangs up the call, and he's like, "Well, that's a court martial." But I mean, it's a bit of a superhero trope that when 
the shit hits the fan, you have the real heroes have to step ahead of the actual authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah. again, it's a made-up universe. I think way back when Civil War came out, I remember you and I talking, Brian, and saying, like, yeah, we're all on Captain America's side, unless it's the real world, then we're on the other side. <laughs> in, the, in the comic book movie, we're, we, everyone seems to agree with the one the one side. Everyone wants Captain America to have the freedom to do whatever he wants, but in the real world, no, I, I, I would want him <laughs> regulated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I dropped out for a little bit. So, what? What did you guys continue talking about? Uh, well, we were we were spending a lot of time talking about the relationship between Vision and Scarlet Witch, and we were both no. fans of it. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think? That was good. I mean, I knew they were together in the comics, so that's not yeah. surprising. They did a pretty good job of showing, I guess, that relationship sort of starting, and them having to hide it at the beginning. Her, her watching him die twice at the end of the movie was oh. a pretty hard gut punch. Yeah. yeah. Well, having to, to kill him and then it not being worth anything and then having to watch him die again. I was oh. like, Jesus, that's fucking brutal. I didn't even think about the time stone. I mean, I, I was kind of trying to just passively watch it without trying to expect what was going to happen. But when he fucking reversed time and then the gem reformed I'm like holy fuck this is like the worst thing ever yeah you just well, killed your the one you're in love with and now like oh you didn't even have to do that and now oh he's still dead so well cause what in the moment I was thinking okay so like he reverses time visions back but I I, I don't know I thought again I kept assuming that axe was gonna chop off that arm <laughs> I say, yes, I've seen too many Star Wars movies in my life. I'm just like, <laughs> so I just assumed somebody's arm's going to get chopped off, and I thought like that would, might be the perfect moment for it. Well, technically, technically, if you watch Phase Two of the Marvel movies, everybody and somebody in every movie loses a hand. Yeah. So yeah. that's not that's not that's a, a good wild expo- expectation. <laughs> it was all precursor to this, but um, yeah. I, so I, I was waiting for that, and so that's when he turned back time. I thought it was. A, I was thinking to myself, it's a bit of a cheat because they killed Vision, but now he's back, and then they're still gonna win the day. I'm still assuming they're gonna win the day at this point. <laughs> and then he just when he crushes into Vision's skull, it just rips that gem out. I'm just like, oh well, that looks like it's hard to come back from. Yeah. Yeah, which I loved sort of the interaction with. Uh... You know they have to figure out how to separate the the gem from Vision without killing him, and of course the explanation is to go to Wakanda, which makes yeah. it so that Black Panther's sister can do all of her tech stuff and whatever. And so I was super happy to see her. But yeah, that I felt like that stuff was fucking tense for me. Like she's trying to like you know separate all this shit and she's like you know i'm not gonna have enough time to do it but we're gonna do it anyway and then she's pretty close and then like the fucking people break in and shit and i was like fuck so goddamn close still wrong yeah well because everything they did at the end of the day it's a lot of what makes this movie hard to watch is there when every time they do the heroic thing it backfires so like the right thing to do would it, if they had just killed Vision when the idea 
was first had, mm-hmm. they would have solved the problem. But they were being the heroes, and the heroes don't trade lives, is the, the line of dialogue that comes out in the movie. And it's like, well, if you had, you'd have won the day. Vision's dead either way. Well, except argumentatively, they don't win the day. Thanos just kills everyone slower. Well, yeah. I mean, because we've seen that he's willing to kill off half the population of a planet, you know, without Infinity Stones. So it would take a lot longer. At least they could have another fight with him later. I don't know. Well, and they pretty much they pretty much establish at the beginning of the movie they probably can't beat him with one stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he beats up Hulk. It's handed. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the part where he, like uh, Loki got all arrogant and he's like, "Yeah, but we have a Hulk." He's just repeating the lines he's heard before. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it, like Loki can't win when it comes to the Hulk. It's kind Hulk. of funny. I'll tell you what, I did love the fact that they kind of did the whole oh, Loki's going to betray everybody again and I was like, oh, that's so fucking played out. I don't want them to do that. And then of course he didn't. He was still being noble. Yep. Like, oh, fucking Loki picked a side then gets his neck broke because of it. Again, though, he does the right thing and it gets him killed. Like, everybody who does yep. the right thing in this movie takes a beating for it. The bad guys really dominate everything. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. <laughs> um, let's see, what other parts have we not talked about yet? Um, we could see uh, <laughs> Thor interact with all the Guardians, which was a lot of fun. That was pretty fun. He yeah. shows up being all suave, and Star Lord gets really. Uh, when Star Lord starts start doing like the deep voice, yeah. and then the other people start pointing out that he's gained weight. He's so muscly, and you are fat. <laughs> well, I especially like that because it's like, like Chris Pratt, like famously was like a chubby, out of shape guy, and got all buff and became a superhero movie, and then to turn around and make that joke, that sort of meta joke at his expense, and. Then after they said it, I'm watching him going, he is a little chubbier in this movie than he is in the past movies. And so now I'm like, the whole time I'm racking my brain, like, did he put on weight for this movie or did he show up a little chubby? And they're like, well, write it in. <laughs> they get, in the Guardians movies, they don't do a lot of like super close-ups or anything. Uh, and in this movie, they do. And I think for the it's the first time I've noticed that Star-Lord has the... Uh, uh, God damn it! The Joe Dirt facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was as pronounced in the in the other movies. I think it was just scruffy, and now he's yeah got the Joe Dirt stuff going on. It like took me a minute. I saw him the first time. I was like, "What's up with his button chops?" I was like, "Oh, he's got the Joe Dirt thing. He's got the weird little." Where it like comes down and it's got the sharp edge on it. It's weird. It doesn't even really make any sense because Joe Dirt came out after he was abducted from Earth, so he wouldn't even know about it. No. Um, we got to see Drax trying to show off his new invisibility power. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm invisible. No, no, you're not. We see him. Mantis walks in. Hello, Drax. I can see you. Damn it. My hand is moving so slowly. It's imperceptible. 
<laughs> Mantis really fit into the plot nicely, whereas I always thought she would just be an extra character in the background. Mm-hmm. But she ends up being really important. At the end, when she's like physically sitting on Thanos' head, and she's telling us what Thanos is feeling, and it's reminding us that he is a real character and a real, like, basically a real person, even though he's purple. Mm-hmm. But I thought that worked really well, and that's a character who I didn't think was important at all until that moment. Yeah, and they uh, they almost had the gauntlet off. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Because I thought for a second, and Noah, you would probably appreciate this. I'm like, is there going to be a split second where Spider-Man's going to put the Infinity Gauntlet on and we get to see Cosmic Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, Cosmic Spider-Man. But it didn't happen. Well, that's what I was kind of, once again, I was kind of assuming that Spider-Man was going to survive and that's what we were going to get Cosmic Spider-Man to turn up take on Thanos and now now we're left with a a lot of weird things like I've been trying to think of options of how they could possibly turn this around in the next movie and fight Thanos because they didn't pull any punches with how powerful Thanos is once he has the gauntlet Mm -hmm. so We've got a few characters. I mean, Hulk could turn into like World Breaker Hulk, and mm. maybe stand a fighting chance. Tony could build the uh, some version of the Galactus armor that he builds in the comic books. <laughs> sure. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, Captain Marvel obviously is going to be the big, the yeah. big addition that's going to help take Thanos down, but. Plus, you never know what thing they've got waiting for us that could even be original to the movie if it's... Yeah, totally. You know, whatever it is that they have to go and get to, to, to fight Thanos, but the remaining characters go and get it next year. Yeah, I was thinking they were going to bring in some of the team members of... Uh, God damn it, what's it called? The the big cosmic team. That's like Ronan the Accuser... The Titanus, the big scroll, and Gladiator. And, oh, I don't know. Uh, Nova Prime, uh, Quasar, all those guys. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, I know all those characters, but I don't know specifically like what you're asking about. Well, there's a there's a team, and they're kind of like the Defenders. It doesn't have any official members, but they just kind of like it's all the powerful cosmic people that get together when shit hits the man. Yeah. And I was thinking there's probably going to be, because so Ronan has used an Infinity Stone, so if they could brought Ronan back from the dead somehow, at least he would have some insight. Sure. That Ronan's a bitch. Got beaten the pants uh, off. Let's see Oh, we lost, lost him again. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but yeah. So I'm not up to date with all these characters you're talking about, but I have to assume that the next movie is going to be the main characters are going to be our existing characters, which is kind of interesting to see how are they going to make those characters strong enough to take on the guy that they're not currently strong enough to take on. I don't know. I was thinking maybe they would do the thing where they'll juice up Captain just because, you know, Captain America is kind of the the flagpole. Yeah. Maybe do a thing where 
Thor will give him the axe, which will give him Thor powers, and then maybe Tony will like build him some kind of super armor. And... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll definitely be a coming together of all the characters somehow. It's like, I don't know, like the end of season three of Buffy or whatever it was, season four, where they all had to like put their auras together and give all the power to one person to go and have the big fight. Um, season four. Yeah, it was because when they were fighting Adam in the lab. But, um, <laughs> but like, could you see that though? Like, Tony has to make new armor, and Thor has to give up his hammer, and I don't know, Spider-Man has to loan him the web shooters or something, and they all have to give everything to Captain America so that he can go and do that last fight. And he goes down. You know, he goes down and dies in the battle, but ends up taking out Thanos in the process. Mm-hmm. I mean that. That's something that could happen. I don't know. Again, I am trying not to predict because I was just so wrong on this one. Right. <laughs> See, but I like being wrong. That makes it even better. It's true. Well, yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out at the end of the next movie, are they going to destroy the Infinity Stones? Which is a possibility. Or are they going to do Infinity Watch? and split the stones up and give each stone to somebody to take off. Because mm-hmm. they've got a couple members of Infinity Watch in the groups already, because like, Nebula ends up with a stone. Mm-hmm. Drax. Yeah, Drax. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... I could have given to the Guardians all together and have them sort of be Infinity Watch. Yeah, Warlock ends up with a stone in the comic books. And yeah. then, spoiler spoiler alert for a possible future movie, Thanos. They actually give Thanos back one of the stones. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, it ends up being a whole thing where they don't tell anyone who got the last stone, which is the reality stone. And there's a whole thing in the comic books where the reality stone's missing forever and a day, and then finally you find out that they gave Thanos the reality stone and then just dropped him off on a planet. It let him like live in his own little world. <laughs> ah, it's not a bad plan. You'll be happy here, right? Just stay over there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. They're like, here, with the stone, you can just make your world whatever you want it to be. Um, so if all the contracts get signed and all the whatever, um, do you think there's any possibility of either Fantastic Four or Silver Surfer in the next movie? I don't see that. I don't know. See, I have to assume that they have they have the next movie scripted out. Yeah. Like, I don't think that Marvel Studios lets them do what they did in this movie without knowing. Oh, sure. Coming. I mean, I know they've already filmed, pretty much filmed everything already. Yeah. Although, so I don't mean, know if there would be enough time to switch uh, things up or anything. A post-credit sequence or something I could see. I have a, uh, a sinking suspicion that that they knew about the deal way, 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 way before everybody else did. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the bad guys in uh, the Captain Marvel movie are apparently the Skrull. Yes. And in the time that they would have been writing and getting that movie ready, they would not have had the rights to the Skrulls. Yeah, there's a big uh, back and forth about where the scrolls actually landed 
if they would be a Fantastic Four property or whatever. Because the Chitauri were essentially supposed to be the stand-ins for the Skrulls in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, but then I heard somewhere else that they said, no, we've had the rights to the Skrulls. We just didn't feel like it was a good time to use them or something. I don't know. So I don't know what's true. It's hard to know but, what, to, what to believe in those things, too. Because sometimes I think they also, like, will use the characters or claim that they have the rights to the characters to create the public perception that they do mm-hmm. so that when the time comes they can be like well look everybody just knows we have the rights to this character <laughs> and that's their way of trying to settle the debate yeah so it's not always they're, they're not always being genuine when they speak publicly and saying what they believe they're saying what they want to be true yeah sure. there was some I, I know the rights argument was between because, like, the first appearance of the scroll, I do believe are in a Fantastic Four comic book. Mm-hmm. Technically makes them Fantastic Four property, but they're also in the mythos of the Marvel Universe is the whole Kree scroll war thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And something to do with that big thing would make it other comic books property. So, who yeah. Knows? It's hard telling. Better people than us to know the ins and outs of all that. Um, I don't know. Anything else? Again, all all is the correct answer for how good this movie was. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be the, the like the devil's advocate and point out what's wrong with this movie. And other mm. than the fact that, I mean, that you could argue lack of character development, stuff like that, but it's we have all that built into these characters as they come on screen. We don't need it in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, again, you could argue that it's... You could argue that this movie is not designed for an audience except for an audience that's familiar with, with yeah. what came before it. Yeah. But So what? It's part 19 of a series. If you haven't seen the first yeah. 18... If you haven't seen most of the first 18 movies, you're probably not going to see this one. I was going um, to say, it's not a good standalone film. But it's not a standalone film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a fair defense of it. So, uh, as far as like anything that was really standout good, I think something we haven't mentioned yet is like just how many characters they were able to shore wow. in. Yeah. And like, do you guys remember? Because I woke up this morning after I saw the movie last night. I woke up this morning, and the first Avengers was on, and it feels like quaint. This is only six years ago. Mm-hmm. But do you remember, like, people sitting around talking about, like, do you think they can really get all of these characters into one movie? And there were four fucking superheroes in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, at that point, that seemed like an accomplishment. And a mere six years later, we've got, I don't know how many in this movie, but it it all felt natural. Nothing felt like she horned in. Like, when Thorn and Rocket went off off to do their thing it didn't feel like oh we're adding in a little storyline to give them something to do it felt like it mattered mm. when you know when Iron Man meets Doctor Strange for the first time it doesn't feel like okay we're forcing these characters together it legitimately feels like yeah Doctor Strange would know who all these people are and know where they all are and just goes and gets the ones he wants to meet with and it, it, it amazed me how well everyone was able to work together and how naturally the script brought them together without it feeling forced. Even the trip to Wakanda, which 
some would argue would be the most forced part of the movie made complete sense because we already knew Bucky was there and we already knew that they had the technology to deal with the problems that the characters were facing. Mm. Yeah, that's the great thing about having sort of all, you know, 18 other movies like we had mentioned leading up to this. So, you, yeah, that backstory stuff is easy. It's like, of course they're going to go to Wakanda. Yeah. So you've seen the technology from that last movie? That's definitely where I would go. So, yeah, it makes it much easier. Um, I had a, I had a point. I completely forgot what it was. Okay. Well, you know what? What I do want to see now as a result of this movie, though, is I want a Secret Avengers movie. I want to know what the hell Cap and his team have been up to mm-hmm. during these two years. Because oh, they, yeah. like, they look like they haven't slowed down a bit. Like, they've been always fighting the fight. And the question is, what is that story? Because I bet you it's cool. Oh, totally. And I love the idea that they could just make that movie if they decided they wanted to. I mean, obviously getting the contracts together and all that stuff aside, that could exist. And I love that. I love that there's there's whole movies that we're not getting to see that have happened since a couple of years ago, last time we saw these characters. Um, I believe I read somewhere they said there's 48 main characters in this movie. Yeah. Those are the main characters. Yeah. So, holy shit. Like I just I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine like hit down like I open up IMDb and you hit page down and you're still on like Peter Dinklage's <laughs> character instead after if you're scrolling like Wong is on page three like, that guy's pretty important storyline wise he matters it's like Jesus well he's got to protect the sanctum yo exactly. He's like, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't deal with this. I got to go protect all of our important art- artifacts and whatnot. So, that makes sense. That's what his character would do in that moment. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. I mean, I literally could just talk about this movie, gush over every detail for the next like three hours. Yeah, I would. I would say if you take if you take this movie as what it is, in which my interpretation is, it's the equivalent of like a Greek tragedy in superhero movie form. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I almost would say like this this is almost I mean, this is obviously what we've been waiting for ever since um Thanos turned and looked at the camera at the end of Avengers. Yeah. Um, but really, this is almost just like the setup for the next movie, which is, I think, going to be even probably even more bonkers because now that Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, it's just like, well, now we're going to have to ramp up everything to end up stopping them. So. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting in the next movie because the next movie because it's it's cleared the board so much, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the giant cast anymore. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So it can be sense. more focused on like the surviving group and how the hell they're going to fight the dude who's basically God. 
yeah, it's it's going to be intense. I think the next movie. I suspect it'll be a tonal shift away from the constant action and into more of a. Uh, how to say it like how are we going to get this done kind of movie like that's it's going to be a lot about them trying to figure out what the next step is and a lot about the rejoining and i i do think a major part of the movie is going to be about captain america and iron man coming back together um oh yeah and possibly those two mantles having to be passed on to other characters or whatever else um so it's going to be awesome i think i have like eternal faith in these guys now they're so brothers to keep making great movies because they're they're three for three now and they're probably like three of the best out of the Mm -hmm. 19 yeah which i agree with Uh, so next up uh probably the the big one i'm looking forward to deadpool 2 Uh, also starring josh brolin which is kind of weird a little funny yeah uh, I mean, there's got to be a Thanos joke in there somewhere. Especially after him doing that shitty Jonah Hex movie. <laughs> uh, they've already uh, dropped a bunch of uh, uh, jokes about how dark he is that he should be from the DC universe, which is pretty yep. funny. Um, I mean, I suspect that plot will be a lot more typical. Um, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Sure. At the end of the day, it's it's not about that with that movie. It's it's a comedy film. Uh, oh, it's totally gonna be funny. I think it's great that uh, they can. Um, uh, they yeah, they don't have to worry about that. They can just kind of make fun of everything, and it works yeah. perfectly for what the movie is. And like, have you guys seen the thing online where they point out that in the one scene where Deadpool is like cutting through bullets, they mimic the motions from like. X-Men Origins Wolverine where Deadpool does the same thing and they've, they've got him doing that and it's like that's not an accident that's on purpose and yeah. that shows you the level of care that these people are putting into it which gives me very high hopes for them to be just yeah. doing what they did last time doing the same thing and then obviously failing because you just you see him full of bullet holes after he yeah. gets them I love it uh, someone commented because uh, they didn't realize Shatterstar was in this until the last trailer um, someone's like, holy shit, Shatterstar's in this movie? They're like, I would love to see a movie uh, that involves the Mojoverse somehow. And my brain just about exploded. I'm like, if they did a Mojoverse plot for Deadpool 3, that would probably be like the best thing to ever happen in any movie cinema ever. Which, Doug, I'm assuming it probably means nothing to you. but Not a damn thing. Mojo, like when, you're saying, when you're talking about Mojo, I'm thinking about Austin Powers. Mojo <laughs> is a weird interdimensional creature who basically runs an intergalactic television syndicate mm. who kidnaps superheroes and people from other planets and basically forces them into reality TV shows. Yeah. So awesome. think, about, think about this, Doug. Think of Mojo as Richard Dawson from The Running Man. Yep. And that's pretty much what the movie would be. Deadpool getting thrown into a running man situation. That sounds like it could be fantastic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I'd be super excited for something. Like I, would, I, would, I think I have a feeling I would hate that if they brought it into like the MCU, but in the Deadpool universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I do like the fact that um, 
because they're talking like after this Fox deal goes through that they're pretty much just going to reboot the X-Men franchise, which makes sense for. Which is what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's the whole thing is very sad to me because they had the perfect X-Men cast and we never really got the perfect X-Men movie out of them. But at the end of the day, those guys are just too old now. Yeah. Which uh, which cast do you think is the perfect X-Men? The the first one. Yeah, like like Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart and et cetera. That that was perfect. And it's sad that Hugh Jackman Wolverine isn't gonna be the Wolverine we get to see in the MCU. But Yeah. I also think like and Logan there was the perfect way to go out. It was an ideal ending to that character and bringing him back in to do something lesser wouldn't be worthwhile. I find it's weird how in love everybody is with the Hugh Jackman Wolverine when almost all of the movies involving his character have not been very good movies. Oh, you shut your mouth. He's been good in them. Yeah, but that doesn't, I, again, that doesn't I, I didn't, do anything for me. Like, a, a good performance in a shitty movie doesn't make the movie any better. No, but uh, that's what I said. It's sad that we had such a perfect cast and then never got a great, great movie out of it. With the exception of Logan, which is a great movie. I mean, the first the first X-Men movie was okay for the most part. And the second one was alright. And then... Logan was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, come on, Days of Future Past. Yeah, Days of Future Past was good. It was okay. It was uh, again. We're not. I'm not. You shut your whore mouth. They're not great, great movies, and that's uh, that's my problem. They are like Days of Future Past was pretty good. Logan was excellent. Oh, Logan, I'll go as far as call great. Um, and then First Class was a really fun movie, but it didn't involve most of the original cast mm-hmm. and then there have also been the other movies <laughs> um, so my original point before we got sidetracked how good the X-Men movies were was that they're going to reboot the X-Men franchise but then they can just totally explain away stuff so that they don't have to reboot, Dead- reboot Deadpool well I, knew, I don't want Deadpool interacting with the MCU you just keep him really? he's doing yeah. Oh, I think that'd be fantastic. I would actually prefer all of the X Men stuff stay separate. X X Men in the Marvel universe does not fucking make sense. And I I love comic books and I love Marvel comic books, but every time the fucking storylines touch each other, it gets weird and stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with that notion. Yeah, superheroes are great unless they're mutants fucking pieces of shit. How dare they be born with powers? Well, this guy was born with powers. Yeah, but he's an alien. That's okay. Yeah, but I want... Yeah, I totally want Deadpool to interact with the MCU. I'm not saying he needs to be like in an Avengers movie, but in the context of a Deadpool movie, to have access to riff on whatever... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally he wants to make jokes about that, I got no problem. Yeah, I think, once again, I think from now on, he should be in all of the Marvel movies... But not not as a, like a speaking role or interacting. It should just be dumb shit where like they're running down the street and he's sitting in like Starbucks in his full Deadpool gear, like drinking a drink. 
<laughs> for no reason. I still said uh, doing uh, George Lucas-esque special editions of all the movie where you just digitally put Deadpool in in the background and stuff that makes absolutely no sense uh, would be my favorite thing in ever. And also for commentary tracks with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool over each movie. And yeah, the you know what you could do? You could have two commentary tracks, one of Ryan Reynolds' actor commentary track and one of Deadpool commentary track, and they just have the same <laughs> commentary track on the DVD twice. <laughs> just to fuck with people. I was going to say, the last question is, is Venom going to be good? Um, I still I don't understand how you have a Venom movie without Spider-Man. No. And I know there's like, well, maybe they're keeping the cameo a secret or whatever, but... Oh. I don't know. I still don't I, get I, it. No, it's they're fucking almost as bad as DC in what they're doing, which is that they're trying to jump ahead and use some future storyline that they can make now in an attempt to advance their character. The problem is those storylines don't work unless you build up to them. They mm-hmm. they should have when the deal went through to have Spider-Man join the MCU. They should have had a conversation and said, "Look, we want to do an Agent Venom movie." in fucking five years, six years. Help us get there. And they could have worked their way up to it. And it could have made sense, right? You just had Spider-Man in space. We know he, there's a possibility of him being in space in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Fucking, so the symbiote attaches to him and you have half a Spider-Man movie where he's in a black costume. Problem solved. It's not that complicated. It's the whole rated R thing. They just don't like it. Mm. It's just it's frustrating because I, I mean Deadpool. You can tell they're wishy washy on Deadpool too. But basically, Disney's opinion so far is well, it makes money and people like it, so we're not going to get rid of it because that would just piss people off. Yeah. But you could do you know a fourteen A Deadpool or a Venom movie that could be just fine. <laughs> like like I keep telling everybody, I think the best thing they could do in this Venom movie is you have Tom Holland in the movie. Full Spider-Man get up and everything, but you call him Scarlet Spider and Ben Riley, <laughs> and that's the funniest fucking meta thing you could possibly do. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. do that. Now normies would have no idea what was going on. But I, yeah, I just I have no faith in this Venom movie because even if it's a good movie, it's not going to be a good Venom movie. So, well, and the rumors are that the villain's going to be Carnage. And it's like you've already jumped like way ahead yeah, doing a but, separate Venom movie, and then and to also do Carnage like in the first movie. It's like you're not leaving yourself anywhere you know, to go. The worst part is going to be when Carnage is about to kill Venom, and then they realize both of their mothers are named Martha. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't believe another studio is making the same mistakes over again. Everything, everything about this movie screams that it's going to be bad, except for two things. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's fucking awesome. I don't and, disagree with that. And the biggest rumor is that Carnage is fucking Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson's fucking awesome. Yes. Do you, do you remember the part where we just had a ten-minute discussion about how good performances in a shitty movie don't improve the movie? I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying you have two quality people in a movie, and the trailers don't look bad. Uh, uh, the first trailer was nothing, so we can't discuss it because it was nothing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was ten uh, minutes of the Aronofsky shot of yeah, Tom was, walking around. 
Tom Hardy running. Tom Hardy running in a different place, yes. Tom Hardy looks like he's going to have a stroke because his veins are popping out of his forehead so much. So none of that mattered, and the second one is better. But I think sometimes it's like we lower our expectations when one thing's so shitty. And you're just like, oh, that trailer looks really good. But really, it just looks a lot better than the other one, which was terrible. He did the whole, uh, whenever he says, we are Venom, I think that was the moment that I was like, okay, I could get on to that. Like, they did it right. He says we, he doesn't say I. I'll, t- uh, I'll grant you that, but that doesn't seem like it's enough. Uh, like I said, two two quality actors playing two characters that I like, which, other than the fact that I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Spider-Man, it seems to be comic book consistent. I just like the idea that somehow he's got all the same Spider-Man powers without ever interacting with Spider-Man. I don't know how they're going to write the right around that, or they're just going to have like Tom Holland walk by and like step in like black goo and be like, "Oh man," and then walk away, and then <laughs> so the symbiote develops all the powers. But one of the rumors I read is that they're basically going to connect it to the idea that his the origin story is going to be like a flashback. And that Spider-Man is going to be tangentially involved. They're just going to avoid talking about it. And that the movie actually takes place in what happens in the comic books. is where uh, Venom leaves New York and goes to San Francisco. Because him and Spider-Man call a truce. And that's where the movie's actually going to start. So I don't know. I don't know. If you're going to do that, they should have done the first movie first. Yeah, was it somebody that pointed out in our group that the trailer looks an awful lot like the Upgrade trailer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd never heard of Upgrade until somebody pointed that out. And I'm like, oh yeah, those are the same <laughs> movie. And I want to see Upgrade more. Yeah, I uh, I saw the trailer like a couple days before. And I didn't really hear about it either. But I was like, oh, man, this looks fucking awesome. And then, yeah, the Venom trailer comes out. I'm like, oh, that is very similar. Interesting. Yeah. I guess the, the last thing with Venom is, what do people think of the look of Venom? I, thought, I think it looks all right. I think I it looks think good it... just because I think that's what I want it to look like. Because yeah. it looks like that from the comics. I don't know if I would say that that is good special effects or not. But I think that the mouth is almost too big. And maybe it is comic accurate, but it's you have yeah. to make some adjustments when you're adjusting your medium. I would Hopefully that every time he talks, his mouth doesn't open that big. Maybe that could just be like when he's trying to scare people and show off his teeth or whatever. I don't know, except for the fact that that's what they did with the... Uh... Spider-Man movie that doesn't exist Venom and it was terrible mm. but the special effects weren't the problem in that movie oh oh yes they were everything was the problem with that movie <laughs> they were part of the problem there was many other problems that's what I'm saying like the Venom effects sucked the, the big Sandman effect at the end where he turns into a giant like uh kitty litter box that's gained sentience. <laughs> sentience you know? it, it was terrible. Everything's terrible. Except for all the Sandman parts for the first part of the movie. 
all that stuff is good. All the stuff Sam Raimi wanted to make a movie about? Yeah, if you just get rid of everything else that happens in the movie besides the Sandman origin story, you're good. Well, yeah. I would say not retroactively putting him as the helping the guy yes, that yeah. shot Uncle Ben. Alright, yeah. alright. Spider-Man 3's been shit on enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug's gonna get to that next week, since he just watched the first two. Yeah, we'll see. My niece is gonna want to come over, and I'm gonna tell her to go to hell. No! Can't come over. <laughs> Can't do it to ourselves. Alright, well, this has been fun. Uh, Infinity War. For some reason, if you've listened to this and have not watched Infinity War, you're ridiculous. Well, yeah. Um, You're probably pretty upset with us for spoiling. Yeah, but you were warned. Um, So, yeah. Loved it. Can't wait for the uh, other movies we just talked about coming up, like Deadpool and Ant-Man. Deadpool. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm super excited for Ant-Man right now because I want to know how it relates back to this. Yeah. Because we... I think I saw something where you actually do see that he's wearing the ankle bracelet, so we know it's at least post-Civil War. Mm -hmm. He's been confined by the authorities. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be fun. Lots of good stuff coming up. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to wrap this up, I guess. No, we should have thought of something, a clever way to wrap it up before we started recording. (laughs) 